Hi, welcome to Notes from a Drama Watcher, a podcast about East Asian dramas, mostly but not exclusively BL dramas. It's part review, part recap, so there will definitely be spoilers ahead. Let's go! Hey, it's M. Welcome to episode 5 of Notes from a Drama Watcher. In today's episode, we'll be discussing episodes 3 and 4 of Nobleman Ryu's Wedding, episode 4 of Second Chance, episodes 22 through 26 of Word of Honor, and the first episode of the new Thai series Close Friends, which is actually, I guess, a series of um, separate stories with different actors. The first installment was with the actors Ohm and Fluke back together again. So actually, I guess I'll start off with them. Ohm and Fluke play a couple who've been together for three years and suddenly find themselves at different stages in their life. Fluke's character is called Typhoon. He appears to still be a student. Ohm's character, I can't remember the name, I'm sorry, is... A working person. He is a music producer who is trying to get his career off the ground. Because of that, he is working very hard. He has a new client, a new singer slash musician he's working with. And so he's working long hours and not spending as much time with Typhoon. And because of this, Typhoon basically begins to feel neglected and as if their relationship has changed and he 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 doesn't say exactly that but he is showing that he's you know sad to um, Ohm's character who can't even really focus on that because he's so focused on getting his career off the ground uh, not a bad first episode not a bad start to the series this series is apparently going to be different episodes focusing on different characters. I don't know if each storyline gets one or two episodes or if it's just one episode for storyline. It was a little hard to tell with this one because there was a beginning, middle, and end, you know, like, but there was a little bit of a resolution in the end. I didn't feel like it was fully resolved because they talked a little bit about how things had changed for them, but they didn't talk about what they were going to change to get back on track or anything. It just kind of ended with a kiss, which I guess you could view as a resolution. So I'm not sure if there's going to be more to this, to their storyline later on. I don't know if I'm going to watch all of the episodes in the series. To be honest, the the reason that I even am sort of paying attention to it is not, not because of Omen Fluke. I know people love Omen Fluke. I have nothing against them, but I actually am more interested in Lei. He has a um, storyline as part of this uh, drama or this series. Lei, if you recall, he's the one who played King in the uh, series My Engineer. King and Ram were by far my favorite couple in that series. And I'm really hoping for a My Engineer too. Hopefully just, it, I would be totally fine if it was just focused on their couple. But I know it won't because they're not really the main couple. But... <laughs> that's why I'm checking out Close Friends. So I don't know if I'm going to do any more follow-up reviews or recaps to this. 
with other actors, other storylines in the show, or if I'm just going to wait for the, the lay storyline to um, come up. This can be seen on View, View TV or the View website. You do need a VPN to watch it, though, unfortunately. If, if you're in America, you need a VPN. That being said, there were English subtitles. Once I signed into my VPN, I was able to watch it. The episode ran about 20 minutes long. The acting was fine. It's omen fluke. You know, <laughs> it's, it's a given that it's going to be well acted. Fluke, poor guy was crying again, as usual. They're always going to put this poor guy through the ringer just because people think he looks pretty <laughs> when he cries. But he's also good at acting. They're both good. So it, it was it was what I expected, a well-acted episode. Not a super deep storyline or anything, but it was a good 20 minutes, around about 20 minutes long. Speaking of not-so-deep storylines, the next thing I'm going to talk about is Nobleman Ryu's wedding, episodes three and four. Episode three was probably like the shortest episode I've ever seen on a web series. It was nine minutes, and that's including the credits. Nothing much happens here to move the story forward. They didn't find the sister. There was a sighting of the sister. So Choi Ki-won and her son go to look for her. They split up. And Choi Ki-won is followed by the sister-in-law, the one who's been giving him trouble all this time. She decides to follow to see what's going on between the two of them because they're being very secretive, walking down a path together, and then they suddenly split up. And as she's following him, she loses sight of him and gets waylaid by some ruffians who tried to rob her, and Choi Ki-won comes to her rescue. Now they're going to be buddies, I guess. So that resolved at least a little bit that part of the storyline. That's pretty much all that happens in that episode. In the next episode, episode four, that one was a little longer. That was 12 minutes. We had the introduction of our third male lead, finally, who is a classmate of Hosun, who heard about his wedding and comes to visit him to congratulate him because he was not able to come to the wedding originally due to work. While he's there, he meets Choi Ki-won and apparently falls in love at first sight, I guess, because afterwards he's writing letters to her, him, declaring his love, and even at one point decides to come back to visit to meet up with Choi Ki-won. This is where episode three was fine. It was short, but it was fine. Episode four was where we got back into the choppiness that I had mentioned in a previous podcast about episodes one and two, where it just felt like a series of clips put together. I, I don't understand the love at first sight angle. They, they barely spoke when they met. And okay, if he's immediately attracted to Choi Ki-won, but Choi Ki-won shows no attraction to him. And as a matter of fact, every time he's getting one of these letters, he's crumpling it up and throwing it out. And it was weird that he decided to come visit Choi Ki-won. I don't know for what purpose. What kind of person is he? You just met, you know your classmate just got married and now you're trying to go after his wife? It's pretty odd. They they needed to, they needed more time. They needed to fill in a little more there. I think there are real budget issues going on for sure with this show. I, I have no idea how the filming process went or anything, but I almost feel like they filmed everything in just a couple of days and then just cut scenes together. I, I'm not sure. 
not a terrible show. The acting is fine. We've seen these actors before in other things. We know they're okay. Just a really choppy story. I don't know why, because even if you have a low budget, you can still tell a coherent story. So I'm not sure what is happening with the choppiness here. It's kind of a shame because I was very excited to have a web series that was a historical South Korean web series. If this one doesn't do well, then, you know, other companies, I don't know how many companies out there in in South Korea are trying to produce BL, but anyone who was thinking of it is going to think twice if this one doesn't do well. The next show we're going to take a look at is Second Chance, episode four. If we recall in episode three, Tung Fa and Paper got drunk, wound up making out. Paper wound up, I don't want to say storming off. He didn't really storm off, but just winds up leaving. And here in episode four is kind of the aftermath of of that. Tung Fa and Paper are at odds with each other. Tung Fa apologizes for what happened and Paper brushes it off and says it was nothing, which is kind of a bad move because... Of course, to Tong Fa, it's not nothing. These are his feelings. He loves paper. He wants paper to love him back, of course, but he also doesn't want to lose his friend. And for his friend to just dismiss his feelings like that really hurts him. Although it's pretty clear in this scene, this is like right at the beginning of the episode, but paper feels the same. He's denying what he's feeling, but he's just as hurt as Tong Fa. And you can tell it hurts him to try to feel like he has to be so abrupt with Tung Fa. It does seem as if they're going to be able to work through it. They decide late in the episode that they're going to meet up, but something happens. We're not quite sure what, and paper is left waiting. The previews for the next episode look pretty scary because paper is crying and he's clutching a piece of paper that Tung Fa had had in his hand earlier in this episode. So I'm not sure what's going to happen. I don't know if Tung Fa got into an accident. I'm not sure. It it looks scary. You, you don't even see Tung Fa in the preview at all. So I'm not sure what's going to happen there. Also in this episode, we get a little more of uh, Jeno and Chris. Chris decides to confess to Jeno and it does not go well. We see Arthur is apparently going to appear back somehow. I think he's trying to get back with Jeno, which I hope Jeno just tells him to get out of his face because no way should they get back together. Arthur's got a serious problem. What I liked about this episode was in terms of Jeno and Chris is that they didn't kind of ignore what Jeno had been through with Arthur. When Chris is saying that he likes them and everything, his Jeno's sister is like, not just that he likes them, but he, his behavior in certain ways in this episode is not overbearing like Arthur, but there were certain things that just apparently reminded Jeno of what he had gone through with Arthur and Jeno's sister is telling Chris, watch yourself basically, don't make the mistakes that Arthur did. And I like that because they didn't just ignore what Jeno had been through, which is a problem I've seen sometimes in Thai BLs, not just Thai BLs, but someone has been through something traumatizing and they just ignore it or the person's completely fine by the end of the episode or whatever. At least they're not ignoring things here with Jeno and I appreciate that. We also got a little more of the story with Nier and M. Remember uh, episode three, Nier was realizing that M may be the person that he had been speaking to during his gaming 
he realizes here that yes that's him and they weren't just friends i didn't quite catch this in episode three but they actually consider themselves boyfriends in the game so that's even more of a betrayal to him when he finds out M is really his um, his online boyfriend. They're not so much putting it here as the betrayal as just him feeling like what's in the game can't really transfer over to real life. Like there's no way they could be together in real life. And strangely enough, M also seems to feel that way. He's scared to approach near to try to have a relationship in real life. And the cool thing here was that they both separately are telling and expressing their feelings to Tong Pa. Tong Fa is a cool friend. You know, he's at this point, he was still going through everything with paper, did not know where they stood, was still very hurt. And yet he's sitting there and listening and advising in a way, but also just just listening to his friends. And Em is not really his friend. He's more of an acquaintance, but listening to them and just hearing what they have to say and letting them express their their feelings about, you know, what they've discovered about each other all while dealing with his own hurt. Another interesting episode. I feel in many ways that this show is very on the nose. It's full of lessons, basically. I don't know if it's, I guess it's supposed to be geared towards high, school, high schoolers, but really these lessons are for anyone in a relationship or wanting to be in a relationship. Keeping open communication, not abusing your partner, not lying to your partner. I mean, these are things that everyone needs to know, no matter what age you are. I'm also, again, just loving the friendship between Chris, Tong Fa, and Paper. The way they really support each other is really nice. The way they listen to each other. Sometimes they're not necessarily giving the best advice to each other, but I mean, who does? Who Who's all-knowing? No one, right? We're all humans. We all make mistakes. But I love that they've got that, that friendship going in this show. I'm a little scared for what happens in the next episode. I don't want them killing off any characters. I, I think everyone here is great. I really like Tung Fa. Like I said, he's really just a good listener, even when he was going through his own pain. So I really hope nothing happens to him in the next episode. Lastly, the last show we're going to talk about is Word of Honor, episodes 22 through 26. Episode 22 finds... So Zhu and Wan Cushing and Chang Ling making their way slowly back to Four Seasons Manor, which is where Zozu Shu was originally from, and he's decided to go back home. And they meet Sao Wei Ning and Gu Shang along the way, who begin to travel with them. As they are in a town, eating you know, before they eat to go to go on their way, they get not separated. It's just that. Um, Sao Weining had gotten hurt in a previous episode and Wan Cushing, remember he knows a little bit of medicine. He, as we learned in the previous episode, was the son of a great healer. And he and Ashu, those <laughs> Ashu, decide to go get some medicine, leaving Chunling, Sao Weining, and Gashung alone in the restaurant. While they're there, they winds up being surrounded in the restaurant and attacked. Ashang and Sawining has some martial arts abilities. Gaoshang, I think, is way better than him, but they wind up fighting back. And Chongling, even though he doesn't really have martial arts abilities, we see for the first time that he has learned some things from Zozushu. He's learned some of the swift moving steps. So even though he can't fight back, he's able to avoid the people who are trying to attack him. Uh, Zozushu and Wan Cushing bump into Shen Shen, as they're walking through the village, Shen Shen, remember, is the fifth uncle of Changling, 
who was who's wandering on his own because he's trying to find his niece who was kidnapped. One Cushing can't stand the guy, but they also wind up being attacked um, in the village and fighting back and he helps them out. He actually warns them when they're first being attacked. So they all wind up heading back towards an inn that they're uh, staying in. Four Seasons Manor is, is a journey for them. While they are there, Uncle Shen, fifth uncle, realizes uh, Wan Cushing's true identity as the child of the Zhen family who were the great healers and his family knew the heal. They knew about the healer. He starts pushing Wan Cushing to tell him what happened to his parents, which Wan Cushing obviously is very upset. He's not even going by their name anymore. He doesn't want people knowing who he is. And this guy just keeps pushing and pushing and being very annoying. It causes Wan Cushing to have a kind, it's not a breakdown that he has, but there is um, mangpo soup, I believe it's called, which is a soup, a liquid that you drink when you enter the Ghost Valley and it erases all the memories of your previous life. He was given this soup when he was young and his body fought against it and is still fighting against it. So Uncle Shen's pushing him, or fifth uncle is pushing him to have these memories. It causes something to trigger in him. He winds up coughing up blood and fainting in Zosashu's arms. It's just another really heartbreaking moment for Wan Cushing because you see in flashbacks, you see the memory of what happened to his parents and what happened to him as a child. And, you know, he's just saying they're dead and Zhen Yan, which is Wan Cushing's name as a child, died with them. It's so sad and it's really the first time that he's openly admitting that he was Zhen Yan. Even though um, Zosashu knew, but he's just letting him, he was letting him tell him in his own time. He was letting him go by one Cushing. So this is the first time he's saying this out loud. And it's actually the first time he's just saying out loud too that his parents have perished. I will openly admit that I watched this particular scene of this episode. I don't even know how many times. I, it might've been 20 times. I don't know. The acting everywhere in this episode, Simon Gong's face, he looks like, pale and not pale because of any makeup or anything but pale his his cheeks are sunken in he's just holding in so much anger you know his acting here he's holding in so much anger against his uncle shen who's just pushing and pushing and chun ling the actor's playing chun ling at the point where wang Cushing collapses chun ling he just does this the, the actor just does this small movement like he really wants to rush forward and you can tell just grab up on Cushing. He's, he's so shocked at what's going on and Juan Cushing screaming his pain out, basically. You know, he's screaming his pain out to the world, finally. This guy who's always laughing and joking with Chung Ling and he's he's seeing him in so much pain. Even after um, Juan Cushing has collapsed, Uncle Shen is still trying to ask questions and what happened to his parents, what's this, what's that? And he insists on calling him Zhen Yan, which is Juan Cushing's birth name, and I love that Zosuchu puts a stop to it. He's like, no, call him Wan Cushing. This is the name he has chosen to go by. Please respect that. And even later, he does it again. He calls him Zhen Yan again. Well, uh, Zosuchu just kind of like looks and he and the fifth uncle stops and corrects himself. So we've seen so many times up until this point, Wan Cushing being so protective of Zosashu, fighting people back and everything like that. Now we're seeing Zosashu being super protective of Wan Cushing, especially at a very vulnerable moment because Wan Cushing is just passed out right now. 
And even though he can't even hear what fifth uncle is saying or what's going on, Sosa Shoes just really protecting him. Even to the point, actually, fifth uncle is about to wake him up because he wants answers to his questions. And Sosa Shoes just puts his hand out and restrains him. Like, you are not getting near my soulmate. Episode 23 is an emotional episode in the sense that there are a lot of heart-to-heart conversations, basically. Um, Wang Cushing has come to some decisions about Gaoshang's future. He wants her to be settled. He wants her to have a normal life. Of course, the best bet for that is Sao Weining, who, who loves her, even though she's got kind of a prickly personality. And Wang Cushing just wants to know if she likes or loves Sao Weining back, which of course she does. She's just scared to show it because she has been raised in Ghost Valley and she feels like she doesn't know how to be a human. What can one Cushing really say to this, right? He was practically raised in, in Ghost Valley. I think he was seven when he went there. He's kind of learning how to be a human. He's learning more and more the longer he stays with Zosashu. He wants um, Gaoshang to be settled and decides that he's going to entrust her to Sao Weining, to his care. And he makes Sao Weining promise that he's going to give her a normal life. You know, he says he doesn't care about riches or anything like that. He wants her to be able to have a normal life, which of course Sao Weining promises to do. This is the first time that one Cushing admits out loud to us, to the audience, <laughs> um, to Sao Weining that Gaoshang is his daughter, basically. He raised her. She's like a daughter to him, he says. And he says he saved her. All these years he thought he had saved her. But in reality, she was the one who had saved him by taking care of her and by her caring for him and loving him. It allowed him to keep some of his humanity, which would have completely been gone otherwise. I haven't said anything about the character or much about the character of Gaoshang to this point, but I really love her character. My one gripe with few C dramas I've seen is that I don't like the way the female characters are written a lot of the times, but I really liked Gaoshang. She was totally kick butt, not annoying. I don't know if it's because her a little bit of her personality was so, so much like Wang Cushing having been raised by him, but I really liked her. And this is a bit of a spoiler. I got a little bit of a spoiler looking at something online, so I know there are some sad moments ahead with Gaoshang and Sao Weining. Which I guess wouldn't surprise me. That's another thing with female characters. Unless it's the main character in a C-drama, there's very often some tragic end. But I did read somewhere that there is a kind of a side story, or I don't think it's an epilogue. I think it's actually a side story with Gaoshang and Sao Weining's characters where they get a happy ending. So I'm not feeling too bad about that. We'll see. I'm not quite sure what the sadness will be, but... I, I think they're probably not going to survive the show. Like I said, it's a it's a thing with C dramas. It's one of the reasons I guess over the years I haven't watched that many. Number one, they're long. I, I can't do 50 episode shows all the time or even longer shows all the time. But also I like my happy endings. I don't mind angst along the way, but I like my happy endings. And I just got burned a few two times with things where, um, you know, like no one survived in the end. So <laughs> I just got a little bit scared of watching uh, dramas after a while. Sea dramas and Japanese dramas. But I am prepared for whatever happens here, just as long as Wang Cushing and Zosa Shu get some sort of a happy ending. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I think they will. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. 
Now that Wang Kaxing has given his blessing to Sawining and um, Ga Shang, Ga Shang and Sawining head back to Sawining's family, to his sect. And Wang Kaxing sews the shoe, and Chang Ling continue on to Four Seasons Manor for episode 24. And episode 24 is just them arriving. Yeah, of course, the place is in disrepair. No one's been there for, for years and years. So they have to fix everything up. And on the one hand, it makes Ozushu a little sad to see the state of everything. But he does, you know, begin to feel happiness being home. And as things are fixed up, it, you know, he gets even happier to see things fixed up. And one Cushing is throwing his 110% into helping to fix up the manor basically to make Zosushu happy. This episode has the cutest scene <laughs> between Zosushu, Chunling, and um, Wan Kushing. I have felt all along like they've, they're becoming this family, you know, but this this is the episode where it's 100% they are a family. Chunling and his two dads. <laughs> it's very cute. We also get to learn a little more about Zosushu and how he went from being the lord of the Four Seasons Manor to becoming an assassin in the window of heaven and all his regrets about the decisions that he made back then. Also, his he's continuing to deteriorate. His body's continuing to deteriorate from the seven nails. Wan Cushing is helping him as much as he can. Remember, Wan Cushing has that, as they say, a great internal force. I don't know if it's because he's the son of a healer. I don't know how much he learned. He was seven when they passed, but he's able to help one Cushing as much as he can, but there's only, I'm sorry, he's able to help Zosashu as much as he can, but there's only so much he can really do. They are waiting for Seasons Manor because Ye Bai Yi has promised that he is going to consult with someone on a way to heal Zosashu, and he had told them to wait in the manor, so that's why they are waiting there, and they're hoping he shows up soon. Episode 26 is a little more of them settling into the manor, we also get a little more of the storyline of Scorpion King and Second Uncle. Second Uncle is now in charge of the Yuyang sect and is basically trying to take over the martial arts world. Scorpion, who is his adopted son and has been at his beck and call all this time and been working for him in the shadows, is starting to realize things about Second Uncle. I don't know what's going to happen after this. Scorpion loves his adopted father and would do anything for him but I think he's starting to question whether his adopted father would do anything for him in return he is called scorpion so can he be trusted I don't he might he may wind up killing second uncle before at before the show ends I don't know I wouldn't be surprised he wants all of second uncle's attention to himself but he realizes he is not top priority to second uncle that makes the scorpion kind of dangerous well, dangerous to someone who shouldn't fear him, not like everyone else he has killed. They've also gotten word from Ye Bai Yi that he has made contact with some people that may be able to help Zosushu. It turns out Zosushu already knows these people, and so the question is why didn't he go to them for help uh, in the first place originally since he knew them? So I'm not sure what's going to happen there. I guess we're getting some new characters in. I have seen in certain photo stills some other characters that I don't recognize, so I guess that's who's coming next. Another set of fantastic episodes. We got a little more backstory to people. We got a lot of heart-to-hearts here. These scenes between um, Wan Cushing and Ga Shang. You know, these two characters are great. I love the father-daughter 
dynamic. I love that Juan, Juan Cushing is the leader of the Ghost Valley, which had to make him, you know, he's a killer. He's a killer. And he's a hurt and broken person. Yet he he has this love for Gachong. All his life, he's not all his life, all her life, he's cared for her. And he had to care for her at a very young age. He's not an old guy, you know. So even he's a kid taking care of another kid. And I guess he felt in the beginning like older brother kind of thing, but he's he's her dad. He's clearly the father figure. And, you know, look how quickly he took to Chongling to kind of open his heart to Chongling. It's funny. It's it's funny in that way that he's this evil guy in one way and in another way, just totally willing to open his heart to, I guess, to orphans, <laughs> to kids who, who have lost their parents. I, I guess he can empathize, empathize, right? He went through the same thing. I guess at his heart, right? The evil didn't really touch his heart. It's it's funny because I was looking back at episode, I think it's episode five. It might even be four. It was before Zosushi took off the mask. So he was still in the appearance of the beggar. They are around the lake. Wan Cushing still has his boat and he's got his flute and he's playing the flute and Zosushi is trying to meditate and heal his internal injuries that he has. And whatever Wan Cushing is playing, Zosushu says something like, only someone, you know, I'm going by the translations on Yoku. Kind of like only someone with an innocent heart or good heart is able to play this particular song. And yet Wan Cushing is playing it. That totally passed me by the first time I saw these episodes, the show. I just happened to go back to look at something in the in that episode and saw that. And now when I'm thinking, oh, look at him opening his heart to to orphans, to kids who who need him, then I I see like you know maybe his at his heart he's good. At his heart, the evil didn't touch his heart. This show does that a lot. There are like so many things that you don't catch the first time around, and then when you go rewatch it, you're like, oh. <laughs> Which is nice, you know, every time you watch it, you're gonna get something new. Literally, almost, because Yoku keeps putting out special episodes. Just today I saw that they had put out a special episode 17, a few days ago, special episode 12. So it's the gift that keeps giving. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode five of Notes from a Drama Watcher. I'm not sure what show we'll be looking at next time. Definitely more of Word of Honor until we catch up to the episodes as they're airing currently on Yoku. And then it's finishing soon. It's only up to, uh, it's only 36 episodes. So they're almost there. I believe right now, as of this recording, they're up to episode 30, I think it is on Yoku. They didn't sh put an episode on 17 on Thursday today because they had put out that special episode, I guess. So they just had new episodes Monday through Wednesday. But soon, no more word of honor. We'll have to see what's up next. Hopefully immortality. I haven't heard yet. When is that supposed to come out? But anyway, thanks again for joining me and stay safe, everyone.